Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. Uh, I am Chris and I'm joined as always by Stu and by Tom. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, we are only a few days out from the Spanish Grand Prix, so we're going to run through a little bit of news, do our predictions. But first of all, away from Formula One, uh, a little place called Indianapolis the other day, one Fernando Alonso was driving around for a while. Um, and I bizarrely spent an afternoon at work just watching one car driving around an oval track. All three of us did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I didn't fully understand why I was watching it, but we weren't alone because um, IndyCar said that there were over half a million views of Alonso doing his rookie orientation program. <laughs> that is that is absolutely mental. It's insane, isn't it? It's crazy how big a deal this is. Like when the news first broke that he was doing it, it was like, oh, wow, that's a big deal. But people have just gone crazy for it. Yeah, yeah. Hype, the hype machine is in full flow, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just setting up for him to retire on lap one, isn't it? I, oh, I I'm so not. scared that's going to happen. Oh, that'd be the worst. That'd be yeah. so rubbish. I hope nothing happens to him as well. Imagine it. Oh, I just don't bear thinking about. Yeah, it's yeah. But um, all in all, he was damn impressive. Um, so the he had to do the rookie orientation program, which is. 10 laps at 205 to 210 miles an hour, 15 laps at 210 to 215 miles an hour, and then 15 laps at 215 to 220. Who picked that and why, I don't know, but that's what you have to do to be a rookie in the Indy 500. <laughs> um, so that's, what, a 40 laps? Uh, and he hit that target within 51 laps. So he was basically on it from the start. Um and everyone's just been like crazy impressed. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what I'm looking at to be impressed by it's someone driving an indie car. Yeah, I was. I've never really watched indie that much, and I, I've since been watching like reruns on YouTube and stuff of highlights from old races and stuff like that to yeah. try and get a better understanding of it. But. I wasn't sure what was good and what wasn't, to be honest, <laughs> until they started saying how well he was doing. I was yeah. like, right, I'm going to take your word for it. You're the, you're the professionals. It's your spot. It's when you get people with surnames like Andretti and Frankiti saying it was impressive that you go, okay, then yeah, it must have been pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're not the only one watching highlights as well. Apparently Alonso has watched something like the last 15 Indy 500s and he watched one entire race from the onboard camera of a car. So he's um he's immersing himself in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um he also managed to kill two birds simultaneously. Which was That was weird. Weird. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> they sort of positioned themselves perfectly to be hit simultaneously by both like of his front wheels. Yeah. Like like an avian suicide pact. It really was, yeah. And they just sort of turned to mist instantly. It was pretty, pretty <laughs> it was grim. Awful. It really was. <laughs> so that was live streamed to half a million people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he was he, he impressed everyone. Um he didn't his average lap speed was 219 miles an hour, which is quite quick. Um he sort <laughs> of played it down a bit and kind of said that the car was doing most of the driving, which I'm not sure about. Yeah. Uh, it's not a it's not a jetliner, is it? No. He also did a lot of um cutting the line on the inside of the corners, which apparently is bad in over racing, but that's the F1 driver in him, I suppose. 
Yeah. Trying to find the shortest Always route. finding the shortest route, yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder why it's bad. I think it's against the rules, maybe. Oh, that I have. I tried to find out and I couldn't find the exact rule, but I get the impression that if you do that consistently, you get a slap on the wrist, I think. I think I think there's also an element of doesn't it start to flatten out? It, it does. It sort yeah. of it hits a very aggressive angle. I think at the bottom of the the bank and just sort really of half becomes flat. Yeah, so yeah. it's just going to unsettle the car, and you're probably more likely to lose it. I guess just because it's a b- bad angle to be at. Um, but yeah, so he did that. He's officially able to start the race now. Uh, the first official practice session is May fifteenth. And I read that because Andretti have got what five cars running, I think. Yeah, you're allowed anything up to four, and they already have four before Alonso. But at he's certain races. Well, at certain races as well, like I the guess, Indy yeah. 500, they they allow a guess special car, which is what he is. Effectively, same with them, um, Le Mans, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, special entrance. Um, so I think they're going to be doing a lot of sort of practice of driving in a pack and sort of overtaking and uh, slipstream and all that kind of business with his teammates I think it's, it's very much yeah. more of a teammates looking out for each other kind of motorsport compared to a lot of others which is kind of cool in its own way a bit like cycling to a certain degree yeah it's, Road it, cycling. it's definitely got that sort of gist to it mm. but yeah it's just it's super exciting um, and I'm really looking forward to that day when we get to watch the Monaco Grand Prix and the Indy 500 yeah yeah I'm, I don't uh, think I'm going to work the next day. I think I'm going to make it's sure... Bank it's Bank Holiday. It's Bank Holiday, yeah, do what oh, you want. Oh, yeah, it's Bank Holiday. <laughs> it's the best. It's going to be the best weekend. Uh, nice. Yeah, so that's end of this month. I, I will probably end up watching the practice session on May 15th as well, because why the hell not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all... It's just all weirdly exciting. I've never cared about IndyCar before, and suddenly it's the most exciting thing going <laughs> on in motorsport. <laughs> The question, I suppose, would be is now you've had an interest sparked because of this Alonso thing, do you think even after the Indy 500 you'll continue to follow the rest of the season well, I to think, see how other drivers get on and stuff? I think this is what they're hoping, isn't it? There's obviously going to be a massive European audience will watch it because of Alonso, and I guess they're hoping a percentage of them will stick around. And likewise, when it gets round to the um, American Grand Prix, they can be like, hey, remember that Alonso guy? Have a little look at him in his day job and then yeah yeah you'll be interested to see if it does make an impact because I think it in terms of what's happened so far it's kind of the biggest thing to happen to F1 in America and IndyCar in Europe for a very long time it, it, it must be probably one of the biggest swap overs since maybe when Mansell went across yeah it's got when he, he won the F1 world title and then decided to go do IndyCar the next season instead yeah that's probably the last time it was as as big and obviously he didn't have the internet coverage and all that kind of stuff that you've got in this area so it's definitely bigger but yeah. obviously I think the modern world plays a little factor in that yep. yeah I don't think anyone would have been watching uh, Nigel Mansell going around on his rookie test <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I probably didn't even have a rookie test back then. You just like stick him in the car and off he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he'll manage. <laughs> he'll be fine. <laughs> How hard can it be? Um, so also outside the world of F1, uh, Robert Kubica has been in another single-seater. He did a Formula E test at Donington um, after he did a GP3 test back in at the end of April, uh, which kind of looks like he might be getting assessed to stand in for either Sam Bird or Jose Maria Lopez uh, in New York because they are both off doing WEC. 
because the calendars yeah. clash again. Uh, and it's obviously awesome to see him back in a single seater. Um, he's, he's never going to get back to F1, but just to see him driving anything is kind of always a treat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's one of the the lost potentials in after he left F1 and then had his accident. I think we lost he the potential of something better than what he actually achieved. For me, he's definitely on the. Um, Sterling Moss, David Coulthard list of best drivers never to be world champion. There was actually a good article that I retweeted on our yes, Twitter feed, and he was on it, and um, Sever was on it as well, the French driver that yes. died at Watkins uh, yeah. Glen. Yeah. And he was another one that, obviously before our era, but mm-hmm. watching like back old races and old interviews and things like that, you kind of wish that he'd have been around in the sport yeah, a lot definitely. longer as well but the, the, there was a good article that I can't remember who put it together now was it WTF1 yeah I think it might have been mm. I should really stop cross promoting <laughs> we're all friends <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to F1 kind of maybe this is a weird one Timo Glock remember him yeah oh that, oh, that guy yeah, I remember him. Yeah, so he put a picture on Instagram the other day of him sat in what might be an F1 simulator. It might be a chassis. It's hard to tell. Saying, happy to announce after a positive start in 2017 DTM, uh, I got straight a call from F1 team for a seat fit. We'll let you know soon which one will be the first race. Still in talks. Hashtag F1 comeback. Which is I don't weird. <laughs> I so some people did some digging and they seem to think the picture he posted was actually from back when he was a virgin driver I mean the virgin team not a brand new driver <laughs> um, and then he also tweeted later on still overwhelmed by all the comments and lots of funny comments but we'll show you soon which team contacted me winky face yeah I just a, I don't I see think... where a space could open up for him. And B, if there was a space, would you go for Timo Glock? <laughs> it, I, I mean, suppose it depends on what, what exactly it is. Like, if it's reserves and tests and stuff, he's possibly a good guy to have around. Yeah. And he's doing DTM, isn't he? So he could end yeah. up being like a Paul DeResta of sorts that's obviously away doing his DTM on, on weekends and... Maybe doing odd test sessions or something. I don't know. Because he's not driven in F1 for five years now. Yeah, this makes very little sense to me. But he's not driven a Formula One car in recent times, has he? He's no. Not, he's not been driving modern Formula One cars. And we've just had a whole new, again, another massive change since his... We've had two really big changes since he last drove a Formula One car. So what, what can he bring to a Formula One car? Yeah. True. Some people also speculate that he might just be like driving at Goodwood or something and he's just kind of having a bit of fun with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I always. More likely. I always really liked Timo Glock. I did, especially the way he moved out of the way for Hamilton in 2008. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was a legitimate overtake. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, the way he was overtaken <laughs> by Hamilton in 2008. <laughs> I love how Hamilton haters still can't get over that and still think it was all a sham. <laughs> There's a really good gif, I don't know if you've ever seen it, of Hamilton overtaking Timo Glock and throwing money out of the, the <laughs> car at him. <laughs> it's really good. I'll, uh, I'll find it in a bit. Yeah, I'll have to link that. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always really rated him, especially in there. He's Toyota days. He was sort of had some some running up at the front back in those days, and he was GP two champion, so he was he was a decent driver. I always thought, and he's done well in DTM as well, hasn't he? I think over the years. Yeah, he's been all right. Yeah. I don't I don't follow it close enough to to know the exact ins and outs and everything. That does but... actually pose a question, doesn't it? Go on. Oh. <laughs> It, it might even be a question that we have a pre-prepared jingle that asks for us. Do you mean this one? I'm going to say that he is. I rate him higher than Bruno Senna. I always liked him. Um, so I'm also going to say yes, he is. Um, yeah. I'm going to say he is as well. I'm going to go for that. I'm just looking go. at his record. His record's... It's nothing okay. to write home about, but it's not terrible. There are, there's worse records out there. There's far worse Please. records out there. We'll have to um, we'll have to let Timo know that we think he's better than Bruno Senna. We'll let him know on Twitter and stuff. I'm sure he'll love it. It yeah. loves his attention, doesn't he? Oh. <laughs> well. I, I forget. You know what? I forget that, like... Anyone can hear this, can't they? Anyone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> including Bruno Senna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, guys, I'm not a bad driver. We're not saying you are a bad driver, Senna. We're just saying that some people are better than you. We're saying you're a great yardstick, and it's yeah. mostly a compliment. <laughs> oh God! Oh, <laughs> uh, should we move on? Anyway. Yeah, before we offend more people again. Yeah. I think that this is the most offensive section of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Spanish Grand Prix coming up soon. Uh, first race of the European season, which is always uh, a big race for upgrades. Um, they obviously come back from flyaways, slap a new load of upgrades onto the car. Renault have said they're bringing an updated rear wing I've seen today. Um, there's rumblings of a few other things. A lot of people were expecting Red Bull to turn up with maybe even like a B-spec car. There's been a lot of talk of Red Bull here because they've not had the greatest start to the season. But John Noble from motorsport.com tweeted a little bit earlier saying, for those getting overexcited about Red Bull's updates this weekend, the team assures me there's no all-new car nor plans for RB14 rename. Which obviously means that there will be a brand new car in Spain. Well, this is the thing. Its <laughs> name will be RB14. Is this the usual, or oh, I, I need to swear then? Is this the normal Red Bull? Because mm-hmm. um, they have a habit of playing things down when they've actually got something up their sleeves. But um, I don't know. There was There was a tweet that was, I wouldn't call it the opposite, but very close to being the opposite from... I think it's Ricardo's uh, lead engineer. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, I did not. And no. let me just quickly see if I can see it. Lee Stevenson, that's his name. Head mechanic for... Oh, no, sorry, it's Max's lead mechanic, not uh, Ricardo's. But he says, I like the sound of RB14. Sounds better than 13, winky face. <laughs> but that was in response to Will Buxton saying... Um, are we going to see an RB14 and not an RB13B? Hmm. So, I don't know. It's. I think everyone's just doing their thing. It's. It's yeah. been a... They've just not had a great start to the season. That's sort of... This set of rules should have suited them, in theory. 
yeah. and they kind of don't seem to have got on top of it. So I think people are constantly expecting one day they'll turn up and have a ridiculously fast car, but maybe not. Who knows? Mm. I mean, Time with sort of... It, I mean, it is an Adrian Newey car, but he's not as hands-on as he used to be. Yeah. Is Barcelona's possibly a good track to see where yeah. they are if they have got updates as well, because it's quite an aero track, really, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. So it'd be interesting to see where they are by the end of the weekend. Yeah. It, it, it makes me really excited when, when teams turn around and say, oh, you know, don't expect much. We're going to be rubbish. It's it's just nothing, nothing's much is going to change. And then they'll show up and like spank Mercedes. Well, you, I, I guess you're referring directly to Sebastian Vettel's comments in pre-season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... I'm interested to see what Force India do personally because yeah. they've been talking about oh wow we're really outperforming what we've got here the, this package is terrible and we've got all these updates coming and it's going to get even better so we're amazed that we're where we are and now they're sort of coming out saying we, we, we're going in for Red Bull we want that next sort of stop uh, next step up in the constructors so well yeah I mean their damage limitation has still been both cars yeah. scoring points in every race. So if they yeah. really can step up, they yeah, they can absolutely yeah. be in Red Bull territory. Absolutely. I'd love to the see the best that as well. kind of the best kind of damage limitation. Yeah. Yeah. Because Red Bull have been in a bit of a no man's land, haven't they? It's like you've got Ferrari and Mercedes at the front. You've yeah. got your sort of Williams, Force India, Toro Rosso, to a lesser extent Haas and Renault battle in the middle. Then Red Bull just kind of have been sat somewhere in the middle all on their own, coming fifth and sixth most of the time yeah yeah so it'd be nice if force india could step up and kind of be having a little mid midfield race upper midfield <laughs> but we shall see we've also had uh the formula one team payments for 2017 have been revealed yeah. uh so fom <sighs> have got an estimated how much is it altogether is this a turnover of 1.83 billion um, of which 940 million, I believe, gets distributed among the teams. So that is uh, half of it. It is, yeah, more than <laughs> half, in fact. Oh, yeah. it's it's more than half of the revenue, but not the turnover. We're getting into that boring financial stuff. The interesting stuff, though, is how that money has been shared out. So every team, except Haas, because they've not been around long enough, just gets 36 million each between them which is the column one payment then you have the column two payment which is kind of your reward money based on where you came in the previous season um which only goes to the top 10 which is kind of the thing that screwed over uh manor last year when sober picked them to that 10th place yeah so that kind of drops down sort of as you'd expect then you get the weird stuff so Ferrari get what is it? Isn't it's LST, which yeah. stands for Long Standing Team. Long Standing Team. So Ferrari, just for being Ferrari, gets sixty-eight million quid. Sorry, sixty-eight <laughs> million dollars. Yeah, dollars. Yeah, dollars. Is your name Ferrari? Yes. Here's sixty-eight million dollars, <laughs> which has always been the case, and it's always been ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, then you get an additional column which is called ccb which stands for 
Championship Constructor Bonus. Yes, so that goes to teams who have won multiple championships within a recent period of time. Yeah, yeah. The only the only way I can logically work this out is that it must be like the last twenty years or something. It seems to be because the teams because, that get that are Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, and McLaren. Yeah, McLaren and, get less than the rest as well, and because theirs are the longest away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, are they? Actually, no, that would make McLaren's sense. had one more recently, haven't they? Um, McLaren have had more than Ferrari actually recently. Because Hamilton was two thousand and eight. Then when was their last one before that? 2007 oh. was Raikkonen. Yeah. That uh, was we Ferrari, talk, we though. Talk, we're talking constructors, though, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, is this, constru- ah, this is constructors' oh, title. Yeah. Which is different. Yeah. Good point. So that actually, they got the constructors' title the year Hamilton won the championship, I believe. Yeah, so that's right, probably did, where did that comes from. Was it, was it Spygate that year or the year before? Spygate was 2007, wasn't it? Yeah, when Hamilton so, yeah. almost won it, nearly yeah. won it. Yeah, and then Raikkonen won that one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, mm. but it does. It does. It does. Yeah. It appears that the longer it, it so it's a depreciating amount yeah. of time, basically. About look at that. Yeah, um, which which you can sort of see from Mercedes and Red Bull being on this exactly the same figure in that. Uh, yeah. Yes. So then you have the other column, for which <laughs> so Williams get ten million dollars just for having been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, heritage bonus, uh, they call uh, that. Is that is that is is that a long-standing team bonus though, or is that is that different? <laughs> it's it's just starred. It just says heritage bonus. Yeah. Um, Ferrari so get long-standing team, and Williams get heritage. Okay. The only thing I can think the difference between the two could be that Williams obviously aren't a factory-run team, and yeah. they never have been. They're, they're independents, effectively. The other difference is fifty-eight million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the other difference is one's a red car with a horse on it, and the other one's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then Mercedes get an additional thirty-five million because they managed to make an agreement that if they could win two constructors' titles, they'd get another thirty-five million, which they did, which <laughs> just seems bizarre. Yeah. And then Red Bull get another thirty-five million. Four being the first team to sign the current bilateral agreement, which runs to 2020. Which kind <laughs> of makes me think there was like a contract in a single pen and all the team principals sprinting down the room together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're also the first team trying to say that once that contract ends, if certain changes aren't met that they want, they're going to yeah. walk away. <laughs> so... So all this, the first thing I see when I look at this is, the first thing I think is, that is exactly why you don't get any new teams in Formula 1. Yeah, correct. I mean, who who in their right mind is going to look at that, uh, thinking about starting a Formula 1 team, and go, oh yeah, you know what, I, I fancy a bit of that 68 million for nothing, I'm, I'm going uh, to try and get a bit of that. Look, look where Haas are as well on that list at 19 million compared to Sauber's 49 million and how much even though it has dropped off towards the end of the season how crap was Sauber last year yeah and this yeah. year to to an extent compared to Haas and this 30 million pounds dollars sorry difference between yeah. the two payouts it's, it's just so backwards it's so it's so skewed the wrong way we're not going to get any sort of 
anything like sustainability if this model no. continues the way it is. And then the other thing is like Ferrari have been pretty crap for a few years. They came third last year, yet they're still earning more than anyone else, largely because yeah. they're called Ferrari. So if if the pot was actually shared out equally, each team would get ninety four million dollars, which is plenty of money to run a Formula One team on. Um, yeah. As it is, Ferrari got 180 million, Mercedes 171, Rebel 161, and then at the other end, Haas 19, Sauber 49. Yeah. Even Renault only got 52 million, and they're like the Renault names been in F1 for years. It's the, the thing for me is like I'm I'm not necessarily saying we should be like all liberal about it, and everyone should get the same amount of money no matter what, because that stops breeding competition. Then really, doesn't it? Because if you if you've not got something to actually strive for from that degree the manufacturers aren't going to be yeah. as bothered but i think these long-standing team payments of 68 million that's more than what sauber sorry that's exactly the same as what sauber and Haas earned put together yeah yeah that's exactly the same figure that two teams at the bottom end of the grid got just because you've been in the sport for multiple years but there's no encouragement for anyone to stay in the sport for no. multiple years because how long have mclaren been in the sport how long have williams been in the sport and they've not got uh, these significant bonuses. I mean, you look back at 2010 when they had that massive push for new teams and they got three and they've all folded. Yeah. And it's no but, great surprise yeah. when you see this. And this is why. The other this thing is exactly as well why. is... The, the other thing as well is the column one payments thing. Haas are now in their second year. I can fully understand that a team just rocking up for season one doesn't get that column one 36 yeah. million. I can understand that. But they're now in the second year. They competed... Like to a decent level last year, and finished above a couple of established yeah. teams and a team that's dropped out the sports since. So why in year two should they be excluded from that thirty six? I don't see why you should have to do two seasons because you've yeah. done a season, you've competed, you've and they've been money. moderately competitive. Yeah, they've beat, they've beat load. They, they come above yeah. a couple of those teams there. Yeah, there's no reason why they shouldn't have that column one payment to, for sustainability's sake. Give them, the, give them that payment so that they can compete yeah yeah it's just crazy absolutely crazy and i'm not you know i'm not saying that there shouldn't be a column two payment i absolutely think there should like no yeah doubt i'm with that. you there should be an incentive to win there always should be it's formula one it's about racing it's about winning races but as you said th- these extra bonus payments that they need to go man they've they need to be gone because you're not going to get more teams this sport will perish if they don't disappear the, I suppose the only the only worrying thing would be is your teams like Ferrari getting sixty eight million dollars just for being in the sport a while. They're not going to react very kindly to that being taken away, are they? That's. But the thing is, I suppose if you if you take that all these extra payments that you've got, put them back into the column one and column two part, and then if they are doing well, they'll earn more than the forty one million that they got for last season. Well, yeah. Because that sixty eight will be distributed into yeah. it and <clears throat> not, not only that for, look Ferrari are not going anywhere right no matter what you hear no matter what you read Formula 1 is too good for Ferrari for them to just up sticks and disappear I don't care what anyone says without Formula 1 and that's 1, always what they Ferrari say isn't it whenever this, whenever this subject comes up Ferrari always like oh well we'll just go then and F1 will be screwed without us but you're right they're, they're not going anywhere yeah and I think the, the Red Bull might is, the, the crazy thing is 
But as soon as Ferrari say that, everyone like freaks out. Everyone's like, oh god, no! What, what if Ferrari go? We just don't have a sport anymore. But it's a symbiotic relationship. It, they, they depend on each other. Well, I mean, do you remember so back it's... in two thousand and nine? I think it was they had all but agreed a breakaway series with a bunch of teams. Yeah, yeah. And that that was all just like blowing hot air just to scare people. Like it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's it's just it's mm. all it's all just. Give me my money. Give me my money. Give me my money. It's ludicrous. Money. Yeah. Once again, I think we can only hope that our new friends at Liberty Media sort of pay attention to this and actually do something about it because we've I had really... three teams join and fold in the space of six years. Yeah. Sauber have been on the rocks multiple times. And I think that the only reason Haas will get by on, as weird to say, is, is this like lowly 19 million compared to everyone else. Mm. The only reason that they'll get by on that is because it's an established name in other motorsports in America. So well, the there's, there's can... money in the company and the team that will come across from other sectors where yeah, they're already they can... competing at a high top level. They can afford it. They can afford to sort of absorb a few years of getting of losing money to sort of establish themselves. Mm. But like, you know, for, for years it's been the case that like decent GP2 teams or like or F2 teams as it is now will kind of make the step up but none of them looking at the current F2 grid none of those teams can afford this no chance no do you know what would be brilliant as well is to like what Manor tried to do when they came up to the sport is to see teams like Carlin and, and people that have bred championship winning drivers in GP2 and F2 and whatever it's mm. been known as in the past that have come through into Formula 1 and done really well it'd be awesome to see teams like Carlin have a, and Dams as well all have cars and Dams is sort of associated with Renault to a yeah. certain degree I think aren't they but still to have all their own teams and then you're going to get more of those F2 drivers coming up like what we saw because that's what we saw with the likes of the Manor seats and stuff when they first started and the Caterham seats when they were Lotus Racing or whatever they were yeah. officially called when they started. They were bringing drivers up from their GP2 equivalent and it's all been disintegrated now. Yeah, well this is it like there's there's so few teams now that there aren't enough seats. There's just not yeah. enough seats. For the, you know, can remember the days we won't remember the days because it's not of our era but we've seen classic races where there's like but 30 cars on the grid. Yeah. And if I, th- I think in the official rules, it's up to 26 cars, I think, F1 can technically have now. Yeah. It's, like, it's not going to find three more teams from anywhere. It's not going to happen. No. And, you know, and when you look at someone like Sauber's earning less than a third of what Ferrari are, mm. it's no wonder you've got the problem of pay drivers getting seats over talented drivers because... Yeah. It's just yeah. a mess, isn't it? Really, it's it, it's just so simple as well. The thing is, like, it's all these problems are so easily solved by just by just cutting this, cut, ripping out, ripping off the plaster, and getting rid of these ridiculous extra payments. Yeah, that people ditch have. all the extra payments, share that out among column one. Like the way the way the actual reward money is distributed actually seems all right. Like going down yeah. from first to tenth, it's like mm. of the pot you get. 19%, 16%, and it kind of works down from that and the team came in 10th gets 4%. Like that seems all right. Yeah, yeah there's a there's def- a definite logic to that. The thing that's killing the sport is those the you know, long-standing team payment particularly, you know. I mean, in fact, what's the Ferrari's your called Ferrari payment is more than Mercedes got for winning the championship. 
<laughs> in column two. Like, that's ludicrous. Seven that million more. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad. It's absolutely mad. So there's, in total, that oh, that there's... There's three hundred and one million dollars just just being just being thrown at teams for no reason, according to this. Yeah, and if you Which... split that out between how many we got on the grid, it's ten on the grid. At the yeah. So divide that by ten, and obviously you got twenty nine point one million extra for the budget each to spend on making a Formula 1 car. That solves all yeah. Sarah's problems. You're almost doubling this sort of column 1 payments of 36 each there. And yeah. suddenly it's a really it's a lucrative sport to be in and everyone yeah. can compete and everyone can do a good job and you get better racing, you get a tighter field, you get so much more for the for the show. The show is so much better because everyone's competing on a level pegging. Yeah. So. And if you do well, you like your Ferraris and your Mercedes of this world, then you're still going to earn the yeah. most out there of any team without bullying your way to the front. It, it's 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 a fear, isn't it? It's a fear of looking mm. bad from Mercedes and and Ferrari in particular. It's it's this it's this idea that if we don't win, then we won't sell cars. But Ferrari. They're always going to sell cars. As long as they've got exposure, they're going to sell cars. You're not telling me Ferrari have not won for ages, and they're still selling lots of cars. So there's yeah. no reason. There's no reason why they should have this money. Sorry, I'm ranting now. But no, like, you're right though. It's like there's nothing. There's nothing manufacturers hate more than privateers beating them. Yeah, like it just makes them look terrible. Like when Red Red Bull are beating the Renault team with Renault engines, that makes them look bad. When McLaren are beat, were beating. Uh, or would have been beating Mercedes potentially with Mercedes engines. It just makes Mercedes look bad. Yeah. So, yeah, they, as long as and, they're still getting the money. Yeah, and that's when they go for these cash grabs. That's when it's like, right, God, we need more money, we need more money. We're going to go, you're going to be without manufacturer teams. Mm. But who, who says we even need manufacturer teams? How about this for a question? Like, do manufacturer teams make that much difference to Formula One? Hmm. I can, I, don't think know. Of, I can think of plenty of racing series that don't have specific manufacturer teams, yeah. like British touring cars, for example. Yeah, that that are fantastic to watch. That are brilliant to watch, and they draw crowds every every single race, and people watch, and it is f- the best racing you can get. And again, it's because they're all on a sort of similar similar sort of pegging. The the prize prize money is distributed fairly evenly. Yeah, I think that there's a, the, there are certain aspects as well, though, that touring cars, as an example, and sort of world touring cars and other series have things like success ballast and stuff like that that to try and keep the field together as well. So if you're if you're winning races, you end up with twenty kilos, or probably an exaggeration. I don't think it's that much, but you end up with the success ballast, which hinders you the next race. So your car does have to be really good to still keep winning, but it keeps the championship <coughs> going, like no matter yeah. what, till the last round of the entire year. There so. is that. I, I think the the danger with that is you sort of it's almost like the DRS. People didn't like DRS. Don't yeah. like DRS because so you're yeah. sort of hindering success in a way that mm. I don't it's I, artificially I'm not sure about it. yeah artificially missing exactly and I don't I'm not sure I'm a massive fan of that I can understand why they do it but like I've seen a few touring car races where the guy in front has had the success balance and he's just held up the whole field and and yeah it, I suppose it has made for an interesting race behind him but when they're just queuing up behind each other it's it's not racing is it 
I feel like there's more natural ways of achieving that. Yeah, definitely. And I think definitely. having people on a slightly more even playing field financially would probably be a good start. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But there we go. Uh, rant prob- over, I think. Yeah, we've probably we've ranted that about one. that for long enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, however, the Spanish Grand Prix in a few days' time, which means it's time to do our predictions. Uh, as yeah. always, poll winner, first retirement, number of finishes, and a random driver. So who would like to go first this week? Um, I will go first in saying that I think... We will see a fighting back Lewis Hamilton take pole. Oh, wow. Hamilton. Uh, who's next? Shall I go? Uh, sure. Okay, I'm going to go Vettel this week for pole. I think this is Ferrari hunting ground. I'm going to say Vettel as well. Okay, so that's Chris Vettel, Tom Hamilton, Stu Vettel. Do we have... Um, has anyone else given us predictions yet or are we just going to get those on we haven't got them yet you people that do join us tend to join us on the Friday Wisely. before qualifying yeah, yeah they let, yep. they get the advantage of seeing what's going on <laughs> on Friday before yeah. making their predictions yeah. I do think I do wish that we did that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would a lot better anyway uh, the winner Chris oh, I didn't want to go first on this one but I will so <laughs> <laughs> Here's a stat for you. Uh, for the last 10 years, there have been 10 different winners of the Spanish Grand Prix. Wow. Even Crashed and Aldo won one. Yep. Last yeah. 10 years, Massa, Raikkonen, and Button, Weber, Vettel, Maldonado, Alonso, Hamilton, Rosberg, Verstappen. So, based on that logic, I'm going to go for another different driver and I'm going to go back to back wins for Bottas. Bottas, okay. Yeah. Ooh, I um, might I, I might use that knowledge myself. Um, that's why I wanted to go last. <laughs> yeah. Um who who hasn't won? Yeah. <laughs> Neither Red Bulls won yet. Raikkonen's not won. No, Verstappen won it. Verstappen year. has won it. Oh, sorry, you meant the Spanish Grand Prix. I thought you meant this season. Uh, uh, sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> who um, hasn't won it? Ricardo's won. All the current top players have won it, I think. Ricardo hasn't won it, has he? Ricardo hasn't. No, I'm going to go Ricardo. I think he's going to come good this weekend. I think he's. I think he's. Um, I think his RB14 is going to do the job. <laughs> Tom, um, I think race pace wise, Vettel's got more in him than anyone else. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So that's uh, Chris with Bottas, Tom with Vettel, and myself, Stu with Ricardo. Yeah. First retirement. First retirement. It's first uh, retirement. Is it my turn to go first on this one? It is it? indeed, yeah. Um uh, who's been binning it a lot lately? Lance Stroll's binned it a few times. Uh Palmer's been having a pretty shocking Palmer, time of it. Yeah, Palmer's had a bit of a bad time. Um Ah uh, who was it? Who? Uh, oh, great! It was Grosjean and um, thingy last race. Grosjean and Palmer, wasn't it last race? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first retirement. It will be a crash, Ooh. I think. 
Um, we should incident. get extra. You know what? We should get extra points actually for this. For, for That's not overcomplicated. Crash on, crash on, <laughs> anyway, crash on mechanical. Anyway. <laughs> um, I think it will be. I'm gonna go. Ah, oh, uh, just pick someone, Stu. Stroll, <laughs> stroll, stroll, stroll. 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 He's let, every time I've picked him, he's let me down though. That's the problem. So. <laughs> He's uh, okay. not my best man. Um, is it me or you, Chris, which way are we doing this? Um, go on, I'll go. Go on then. I'm going to say Ocon. I think this is going to be the end of Force Ocon. India's point no! scoring run. No! <laughs> oh, Sorry, guys. Savage. Oh, <laughs> you're wrong. I kind of do, but I've got a feeling... I'm, I'm seeing a sort of middle-of-the-pack turn one incident. Do you know what? I'm going to go really left field like I did at the start of the year and just say Raikkonen. Ooh. Raikkonen. Just, some, just something mental to happen into turn one, like Bottas up the inside of Raikkonen and cleans him out and goes, that's for Russia last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, think Why about what we saw that? last year. What were his first retirements last year? That's very true. Actually, first retirement last year was Nico Rosberg, so... Closely yeah, followed Rosberg. by Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I watched I watched um, the uh, the replay of that the other day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it was Hell so Rosberg. You were there, weren't you, Tom? I was. Oh, I never even you? I never even saw a Mercedes or a, <laughs> um, I never saw either Mercedes on race day other than the formation lap. <laughs> oh no! I was sat I was sat round on the climb up the hill onto the back straight that's got the DRS <laughs> before the end of the twisty final section. Yeah. And um, we were watching the big screen, and we saw them go into each other. <laughs> and you could just kind of over the hill behind us, you could kind of just see where it happens. You can see that straight that goes yeah. under the bridge. And we we're just looking over his shoulders as we saw it building up <laughs> on the screen. And we we're just like, "Wow, this is going to be a good race." And my dad apparently, well, he says he predicted Verstappen before the race. I think he did, but I'm not hundred percent sure. He says he did, but well, he'll. Get him to put his money where his mouth is and send him some predictions Actually, this yeah. season. I want to start giving him a ring every, every <laughs> week. You can just go and, Dad, you need to predict this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number of finishes. Um, number of finishes. So last season, there were 17 finishes, although that was on a grid with two more cars than we have this year. So that's five retirements. It was five retirements. Um, I'll go first on this one and say we will have... Four retirements, meaning 16 finishes. 16 finishes for Tom. Um, it's, is it me? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I'm going to go 17 because I think both McLarens will be out again. And I, which we Actually, we, this is the first episode. We don't think we've done any McLaren bashing at all. We've this, not, this actually. Episode. So let's just well, let's, you've ruined let's that. leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that bash, bashing them, just being pragmatic. I'm... <laughs> I'm going optimistic. I'm saying 18. 18? Okay, so both McLaren's for you as well then, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Now we need a random driver. Random so driver, I will, please. I will generate that right now. Pascal Verline. Do you know what really good is if Timo Glock had come out? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Something the machine knows that we don't. <laughs> Pascal Verline. Pascal Berline. In the Sauber. In the Sauber. Yeah, last last year in the Manor he was sixteenth of seventeen. 
Where's he finished? Where did he finish in the last race? Since he's been back from his uh, injury, I've kind of not really noticed him do anything. That's kind of the problem of being in a Sauber, though, isn't it? Um, yes, he finished 16th last on the road in the last race. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> um, yeah. This is well, a I'm going to say 18 finishers, and he is going to be the 18th one. 18 finishers. Yeah, I'm going to be slightly more optimistic and because I've gone for 16 finishes I'm going to say he'll be 15th hmm. as in 15th. Ericsson will be behind him <laughs> uh, provided both McLaren of them the finish <laughs> yeah. uh, 17 finishes yeah I'm going to go 17th for that no no I'll go 16th I'll give him a I'll give him a bit of a chance he might not be last um yeah, that's awesome. it. That's all of us. So 18th for 18 finishes <clears throat> for Chris. Oh no, sorry, 18th, 18 finishes and 18th for Pascal for Chris. Um, Tom's got 16 finishes uh, and Pascal in 15th. I've got 17 finishes and Pascal in 16th. So applying the same logic as Tom, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> awesome. Uh, and I think that is about it for this episode. Yes. So if you want to get in your predictions, um, send us your pole man winner, first retirement, number of finishers, and where you think Pascal Verlein is going to finish. You can uh, tweet us at Back of the Grid F1. You can uh, leave them in a comment on backofthegrid.com. You can send us them on our Facebook page. Send them to any of us personally, whatever suits you. Yeah. Uh, we and we'll throw you on the leaderboard. Yeah. Uh, you can we'll accept them right up until the start of qualifying so as we said if you want to wait until you've seen the practice sessions to get a little advantage you're welcome to mm-hmm. um, and I think that'll do us unless you guys have got anything else you want to throw in uh, have we plugged our Twitters just did thanks just for paying did. attention sorry yeah I was paying attention did you get did you get your own Twitters <laughs> on though I'm asking no, we never do our own Twitters do we do you want to do that Tom where do you live uh, Sheffield. <laughs> cool. Oh, sorry, on the internet's world. In the internet's world, I'm Tom King 89 uh, That's you, simple for me. You can find me on everything at TNM Chris. Uh, and I'm Stu PXMR. And we are back at the grid F1. And we'll say goodbye and we'll see you a day or so after the Spanish Grand Prix. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Have a great time. Thank <laughs> you.